Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your compacultured host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, Jaden Schuyler Houtsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or not screwing a reboot up so terribly wrong, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. I can give this a secret. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I can't believe this is happening right now. I gotta go. Hey, where are you going? What are you hiding, Peter? I'm just kidding. I don't care. Bye. Spider-Man Homecoming. And yes, there will be spoilers. Uh, yeah. Also, um, Ben, should we go over our riff for Spider-Man sequels? Oh, yes. After uh, Homecoming? So I believe you had the first five. Uh, yeah. Oh, shit. You want me to I have it, it pulled exactly? Up. I have oh, it you pulled do? up. Okay. It's right here. Just hand me your phone. Okay. All right. So I know uh, for sure it, um, they did announce this is the official title for the next Spider-Man yes. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is official, directly from Marvel. Uh, Spider-Man, the winter formal. Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. They all have numbers. Yeah. Marvel has gone back to having numbered sequels. Yes, and numbers and subtitles. Yep. So Spider-Man 2, The Winter Formal. Spider-Man 3, Junior Prom. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 4, Graduation. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man 5, Freshman Orientation. Yes, because they do the Freshman Orientation dance. That's yep. right. Yep. Uh, and then I think you, you lost track there. And yeah, and then I was like, I don't know if there are any like formal dances at college no i got this i got this so spider-man 6 the fraternity pledge volunteer 24-hour dance-a-thon fundraiser yep uh and then uh spider-man 7 the fraternity pledge volunteer 24-hour dance-a-thon fundraiser 2 this time it's personal (laughs) (laughs) uh spider-man 8 part-time wedding dj gotta pay those college bills too real Um, too real spider-man 9 full-time wedding dj uh it's not uh, real (laughs) uh and spider-man 10 community organizer Yep. So uh, then I guess Spider-Man 11 is uh, grad school at that point. And back yep. to that, it's like Spider-Man 13 uh, realizes that he's a better superhero Spider-Man. As, a com- as a civic advocate than a- oh. as Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider- Spider-Man 14, useless MA degree. You're still making 17K a year. <laughs> per- performance arts. Because it's going to take you another 15 years to become the greatest in the world at whatever kind of fine art you do. Uh, oh. Best at wedding DJing, uh-huh. <laughs> or well, photography. Honestly, like you just play some Hall just, and Oates. Like, here's how you become the best wedding DJ: play <laughs> Hall and Oates for about six hours, <laughs> and um, then and then hit him with the electric slide. You got to know your audience, though. Cupid like, Shuffle. The fine. white, right. the white, well, the white people love. White the, people fucking love the Cupid Shuffle. I hate it so much. <laughs> they, they do. They really do. And coming from a. Uh, a part-time wedding DJ. They really do. Oh, we digress pretty hard there. So let's go with first opinions, and we'll throw the the slot all the way to Skyler. It's hard to say this because um, I never thought I would in that 
I was probably the most hesitant going into Spider-Man Homecoming. And I say that, you know, a little tentatively because I know Ben's on this podcast too. Um, <laughs> it just, it wasn't doing it for me, uh, what they were doing with the marketing beforehand. Very little excitement going on there. And coming out of it, I thought it was terrific. Everything they could have done with the movie, I think um, they really succeeded with. I was hesitant to go back to the high school age, but I think they captured this really charming aspect of it that uh, I did not see coming with that. And it's got the best of a lot of things when it comes to both Spider-Man and uh, Marvel movies. It's got the best villain. Um, mm-hmm. Well, you know, in Marvel terms, I don't know about Spider-Man. Good, 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 we've done good call. Good call. Yeah, um, it's got the best sidekick character. It <laughs> the man got, in the chair. The man in the chair. I was looking at porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then there's um, it's got maybe the best uh, music score of a Marvel movie. I've got my nitpicks about it mainly just that the side villains were pretty wasted and um i don't know i think it's kind of a cheat to have the suit do so much of it when it's like okay you're going to see a spider-man movie to see him do you know figure things out on his own and not have this piece of machinery pretty much do a lot of the uh the gadgetry for him but that was like completely minor i think this movie is one of the better examples of what uh, Marvel does. Uh, Characters are great, and it's just... It hit home better for me than I ever imagined it would. You mean you you came home watching this film? It was a homecoming for you? Go go home. (laughs) No, it was great. I liked it a lot. Popcorn Michael. Hey! Spider-Man Homecoming was a fantastic film! Uh, that I wished I never watched the trailer for because the trailers gave away a fair amount of the film. I wish they would have saved the whole boat splitting in half scene, uh, taken that out of the trailers, and maybe just included uh, a couple fights um, instead of that because there was definitely a fair amount of action um, or it just went more comedic with the trailer and just uh, it, you could have you could have sold there were so many jokes that you could have leaked a few, especially um, that whole exploration scene with Karen and what the suit can do. And it's just him playing around with every single type of web setting <laughs> was fantastic. Uh, I really like the fact that they included about eight fucking villains, but they were all in <laughs> such minor roles that like, that's how you build the Spider-Man universe is just like, that's, I mean, somebody ID'd him and that's Matt Gargan and he's got a scorpion tattoo, but uh, he doesn't really need to say much past that because when we will find out more about him, we're focusing on Adrian Toomes right now, who is a badass villain because he's just a guy. He's just a guy, and it, it, Phineas Mace is the most unbelievable character simply because he can make anything out of anything. He was able to reverse engineer alien technology um, with, like, no lab. Uh, and So, therefore, it's like, what's his deal? What makes him so freaking smart? Um, but then you've got Michael Keaton who's like, uh, give me some wings, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll steal some shit because the government's putting us down, man, and they're taking away all of our work. And I'm like, you know what? America. Yeah, I mean... This is kind of like the dis- right wing propaganda. Yeah, and like the <laughs> the conflict of the film a bit in the background is the um the what's it called dissolvation of the middle dissolution. class dissolution dissolution of the middle class uh and and you know to make way for government contracts and I really enjoyed that little piece of it. Uh, Marvel knew when to go full blatant with its Marvel cameos and when to go subtle, which was very nice. Um, because I will share with you some subtle things you might not have picked up, as well as, like, when Gwyneth Paltrow showed up, holy shit, why, where, awesome, but I thought she had, like, co- like studio conflict, and that's why she wasn't in Civil War, because they were like, oh, we're so sorry, we totally thought, Gwyn- like, Pepper Potts was going to be here, we didn't know you were going through issues, and I'm like, what issues? Is this a behind-the-scenes thing? Why couldn't Gwyneth Paltrow be in this film? What's going on? And like, no, fooled you. didn't want to. <laughs> fooled you. She's fine. She'll be back. <laughs> um, uh, but I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, and uh, I'm ready for the next one. So sock it to me. Popcorn bed.
that's me. I was the most apprehensive about this film because I <clears throat> fucking hate Spider-Man oh, after wow. the, the last two, no, the last three, and Tobey Maguire. So literally all the Spider-Man movies except maybe Spider-Man 2 was okay. Yeah, I mean, you got a boner for that one. So that made it, I put it in the exclusion category. I mean... We will never not bring this up. I, I've gotten <laughs> I have gotten a boner to some like really terrible shit, though. Hey, man, everybody's got their first sexual experience. If we ever end up bringing up Britney Spears Toxic, like you can make fun of me as much as you want. Uh, really? That late? That music... Oh, that, that late? That late. I was 13. yeah. It was the mid 2000s. 12, maybe. I think I was 12 when Toxic came out. 2006? Sure. I think I was 12. You can get your first boner at 12. Yeah. As a dude? Yeah, that's when you start puberty. Sure. Jackass? The point is, the point is, I was like, I was like, I didn't even want to see this. Okay. It took a lot of convincing for me to go see this. You have to watch this to be on the show. Basically that. And then and then I think you were like, I forget if it was you or Skyler, but you're like, I promise it's not an origin story. Oh, yeah. Something I like think it. at the end of one of her recent episodes, we were both like, just go see it. It's great. Yeah. So I was I was like, well, if it's not an origin story, fine. We just thought you'd like the villain. And I, I did. The villain was one of my favorite villains that I've seen in a, a Marvel movie specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe any superhero movie ever, except for like the Joker. Sure. But just because Heath Ledger's performance was compelling, not because I understood his motivation. <laughs> um, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was like really it was funny. so funny. Yes. I'm I'm gotten so used to these like super serious superhero movies, like Logan. Yeah. Dark Knight Rise is like all these like dark and serious movies. That was just like nice to have a film that had some levity to it. I don't know. You saw Guardians recently, which also was pretty heavy with like all the dad stuff. I suppose, but there was a lot of jokes. Right? Yeah, but this, this one, this, this one was, was funnier. Yeah, it's by. Um, oh yeah, I actually laughed out loud at this one. Yeah, the the scene like, what are you doing out there? Oh, I'm just just hanging out. What are you doing? Chess. <laughs> he right, just this, gestures this, to the chessboard. <laughs> this this movie made me laugh out loud in a way that like Gardens of the Galaxy like was funny, but I was more like I never laughed out loud. I just acknowledged in my brain like, oh, this is a funny situation. The the quotes are quite endless with this. Like, yeah, oh, we didn't lose a kid today, which is important. Couldn't lose <laughs> Couldn't another one. Another, <laughs> Couldn't lose a child on a, a field trip. Not, Not again. again. Not again. <laughs> those are some of the best lines so yeah this movie's fabulous or, it exceeded my every expectation or the entire scene where happy hogan's in the bathroom and the kid just comes in yeah and just goes to the bathroom like wow they really took their time with that joke <laughs> I, I feel like whoever made this movie might have just like made a list of everything everyone hated about spider-man and marvel movies and mm. they're like don't do any of this <laughs> shitty villain nope we're gonna have a good one okay you know that was the only thing on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Origin story. No, we're oh, not yeah. going to do that's it. That's gone. We're not going to do it. Love interest. That's way too cliche. Like Mary Jane anywhere in the film. I guess. Ooh. Like really. Good. Yeah. Well, it's more of more of a cameo than anything. I guess it's not even Mary Jane. Yeah. No, it's, it's that's. Uh, I'll explain that later. But let's Ooh. get to um, the money with a production budget of 175 million. Now, who put up the money with that? Marvel or Sony? This is a Sony production. Marvel has, you know, some creative input in it, but Sony's taking all of the um, the intake from this. So it's pretty much Sony, which um, the audience I saw this with was not too terribly happy because at least two people booed when the Sony logo came up at the wow. very beginning. Wow, that's, that's rude. childish, yeah. yeah. Although, like, to be fair, like... The fact that it's a Sony movie makes its quality even more surprising. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, they they were a little more conservative this time. The uh, the money with the Amazing Spider-Man movies got a little up there. Yeah. And <laughs> that kind of hurt them when they uh, didn't see as much come in with it. Uh, as of this recording, though, they're sitting at 161 point, or excuse me, 163.1 million uh, from the United States. Add on to that another 139.5 million from the rest of the world. 
they're sitting at 302.6 million. Don't want to date this podcast, but I have to. That's after a week. Yeah, that's pretty heavy after a week. And you know what? To my surprise, I thought it was going to blow Wonder Woman out of the water. Like at least a at least a twenty million de- like difference. It only beat oh, Wonder it, Woman by like seven million on opening 14. weekend. Fourteen million difference. Yeah, on opening uh, weekend. Yeah, no. Um this one over um overshot estimates, but Wonder Woman really overshot <laughs> estimates. So the uh the gap there isn't quite as uh massive. Uh right now. It is the it has the second highest opening weekend for a Spider-Man film, 117 million for it. So that's super. Um, it's only behind Spider-Man three, which I think brought in about 152 million back Jeez. in uh, 2007. Yeah, people were excited for that until they saw it. Yeah, um, yeah, and it beat the predictions by almost 25 million. People were thinking, oh yeah, you know, it'll bring in like 95 million, maybe a hundred if it's lucky. No, this is. With this one and Wonder Woman, this is the power of positive word of mouth. Yeah. Gosh, people like to see movies that are actually good. Yeah. I know. What What is up with that? I don't That's understand so, it. so bizarre. Especially given so many of the ones we've talked about on this podcast. You let creative professionals make something good so, so and you make your money. Is it, um, what about opening weekends for this year? Do you know? Is it? I bet it's behind like Guardians... And Beauty and the Beast? Um, yeah, definitely behind uh, Guardians. That one had $146 million, I think. Let me double check on Beauty and the Beast here. I want to say 155 Beauty and the Beast is like the most profitable movie of this year. It's insane. Oh, yeah. And, and I think it came in behind uh, Fate of the Furious 2, which I want to say had like 120 They made a second something. one. <laughs> they made eight. <laughs> no, I, the fate eight, of the, fate of of the, the furious, furious. Fate of the Furious two. Oh, <laughs> it's, I got um, it. Harry got Potter it. seven part two. Yeah, anyway. I got it. It's one hundred and seventy four point eight million for Beauty and the Beast. So yeah, just a little behind that one. God, no, just a little. No, thank you. I don't need that. I don't need a. I don't need a live action redo of an animated movie that was just fine. It was just fine, thank you. Especially when the live action somehow ended up being worse. Anyway, well, it's a hard hurdle to uh, top there, but I don't, I don't think "worse" is a a word that really applies too much to it. But this isn't the see. Beauty and the Beast episode; it's the Spider Man episode. It is. Do the we have Spider-Man more money episode. stats? Uh, not really, because well, as I mentioned, we're a week into it. Um, Given how much it opened to, though, in that it's right in the neck of the woods of Guardians and Wonder Woman, it should at least clear $350 million in the in the United States by the time it's done. Um, there isn't a whole lot of competition f- this month for the, uh, the type of demographics this movie goes for. Like, the closest movies that are coming out to it that, you know, are going to draw money, quote-unquote, are... New Planet of the Apes, Dunkirk, and Atomic Blonde. And those all skew older. So that kind of uh, young adult uh, demographic is going to keep coming back to this one. All right. Rock on. So let's zoom. Thank you for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have very large knees. <laughs> it's, a, it's a consequence of being absurdly tall. Okay. So uh, let's move on to the comic book section. We've got a lot of little things to talk about. This will be, be fun time. Uh, let's talk first about Ned and Michelle Jones. So Ned didn't have a last name, but Michelle Jones uh, delivers that she goes by MJ, which is the popular nickname of Mary Jane Watson. So, but she delivered it in a similar way to how in Dark Knight Rises, John Blake says his middle name is Robin. John Robin Blake. Robin. Um, and it's kind of insulting because it's just a wink and a nod and not the actual character, and it's actually just really stupid, in my opinion. So it, it's a weird bait-and-switch. I just didn't like it. So Michelle Jones is the same thing. They have gone on record in saying that Mary Jane probably will show up, but that isn't Mary Jane. Um, next up, we'll go to Ned, 
who may be Ned Leeds. They didn't give him a last name. It's a bugle reporter who turned out to be the second Hobgoblin, but he doesn't really fit that um, setup too much. In my opinion, I think he represents Genki Lee in a way, um, which is Miles Morales' best friend and confident, Miles Morales being the ultimate uh, ultimate comics version of Spider-Man. Donald Glover. Yes, I guess. He voiced him in the Ultimate Spider-Man TV show. And Donald Glover showed up in this movie, too. That's right. Uh, and different character yes um, but I might be racist to say that because Genki Lee is, uh, is a chubby Korean American guy and Ned is a slightly chubby Filipino American <laughs> so or the actor that plays him Jacob Batalon so anyway we'll move past that let's go to Matt Gargan who becomes the Spider-Man villain the Scorpion and then later Venom uh, I'm sure he'll have a bigger role in the next movie, so I'll actually just save him for that because it definitely felt like they were they were bump they were pumping him up. Any uh, Better Call Saul fans will notice the actor who plays him for sure. Oh, and so we have tons of minor characters in Spider-Man uh, picked willy-nilly from the comic books. So Anne Marie Hogue is the leader of Damage Control, which might be a backdoor pilot to that TV show they're trying to get off the ground. <laughs> Of damage control. Uh, then we have small roles like Professor Cobwell, who is uh, in the books uh, for a brief time, and the classmate Jason Ionello, who's the newscaster and had a great homecoming bit where he asked Betty Brant out on a date homecoming. She's like, I already have one. And they zoom in on his face. I already have a date. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Those newscasts were like a couple of the funniest things in the movie way too real all right way too way too real, <laughs> way too real. um and uh let's see here but uh in the books he's just a popular kid and part of flash's gang and uh, then there's the ad the academic decathlon coach roger harrington who's actually the principal in the books of midtown high um when they hired peter parker as a teacher when J. Mike, uh, Michael J. Zinsky aged him, is it J. Michael or Michael J.? It's Michael J. J. Michael. J. Michael, damn it. Um, <laughs> and by the way, uh, that whole scene where the, I'm like, you know what? I used to do academic decathlon. That's <laughs> not how academic decathlon works. First of all, there is no buzzer section. That's knowledgeable. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, I have heard the same um, on social media from an unnamed person rhymes with Lucas Melby. <laughs> and, I mean, I wasn't insulted by it. It certainly made a more entertaining set. But then they actually used the Academic Decathlon logo. And I was like, wait, you can't do that if you're not going to play it right. <laughs> like now, Standards, goddammit. Yeah, like, make it something different. There's There definitely can be a fictional universe Academic Decathlon. That's fine. It's, or just call it Knowledge Bowl. Or Knowledge Bowl. Or Knowledge Decathlon. Um, something like that. There's just the fact that, you know, it's, it's just mixing things that don't, don't mix. Uh, moving forward, coach Wiz Wilson is actually a character from meet Miss Bliss, a romance book from 1955, uh, which is kind of funny played by Hannibal How Burris. Did we figure that out. I Googled it jerk. Um, and, uh, this is my favorite. Jim Morita is the same actor, Kenneth Choi, who plays, Jim Morita from Captain America First Avenger. Uh, so the principal is actually a descendant of a Captain America character. He's the one that goes, I'm from Fresno, Ace. Remember that guy? Howling Commando? That's right. That's right. So, which is like, that's like, that's like old Marvel subtle. Like, they don't bring it up. But on its thing, it says Principal Jim Morita. And it's the same name as his grandfather who was in the, the, in the World War II. And I loved it. Um, so they've done that before, though, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when they made Agent Trip of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, to be the grandson of Gabe Jones. Um, or grand-nephew, I forget. So let's get on to the real characters. Liz Allen, uh, Amazing Fantasy number 15, 1962, Stanley, Steve Ditko. Uh, but she wasn't, she was, she appeared, but she wasn't named as a character until Amazing Spider-Man number 4 in 1963, a year later. Uh, she's an early supporting character that dated Flash. Uh, she developed a crush on Peter shortly after he started dating Betty Brant. So a love triangle, but not really because Peter was never attracted to Liz. Uh, they graduate and she disappears for a bit. She comes back married to Harry Osborne with a son, Normie. 
Normikins. Norm. Normie Hosborn. Wouldn't it be great to get away? <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry relapses on the Green Goblin stuff and kidnaps her, Normie, and her brother, Mark Rackton, who is actually the Molten Man. Uh, she had a bout of denial regarding her husband's insanity before divorcing him and dated Foggy Nelson for a while. Uh, that didn't end too well, if you want to look that up. Foggy. Now, yeah, now she's the CEO of Alchemax, which I think is the company that's the main villain of Spider-Man 2099. Hmm. If anybody's read Spider-Man yeah, 20- right. yep. yeah, it sounds like Alchemax, doesn't it? So I think they're trying to, as we're actually getting close to 2099, <laughs> not really, oh, but... God. I forget when wow. Spider-Man 2099 came out. I think that was in the 90s. It was um, in the 90s sometimes, early 90s. Yeah. Um, so let's move so, forward. Yeah. So she has a typically um, not tragic at all uh, backstory for a, a woman in a Spider-Man comic. Yeah, well, I mean, she's still alive. Not, uh, and not that's, tortured in any way. <laughs> that's something to say. Uh, no, well, I mean, she true. never dated Peter, um, at least to my knowledge. She might have in different versions. And that's how she didn't get the worst of it. She came within, like, orbit of him <laughs> and just got destroyed, but never actually dated him. So, so let's move on to Aaron Davis, who is uh, the character that Donald Glover played and uh, premiered in Ultimate Comics Spider-Man Volume 2, Number 1. This is also the first appearance of Miles Morales. 2008, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Sarah Pacelli. Davis is Miles Morales' uncle, and the Ultimate Universe version of the anti-hero, the Prowler. In this version, he is a minor cat burglar who steals some tech from Oscorp. While doing so, a genetically altered spider sneaks into his bag, only to crawl out while Aaron is visiting his nephew, Miles. You can predict what happens next. Davis discovers his nephew's powers and convinces him to help him on a heist that goes awry, leading to his death, creating a mixed Uncle Ben story morale. Kind of. Like, his, his uncle was a dick. He wasn't like this shining angel that he was in the original Spider-Man universe. But he also did die and partially was Miles' fault. But since we saw Aaron Davis in the movies, it's possible that we will see Miles as well. Fuck. What the fuck today? Drop my phone. Could you stop? Or, like, you either can interject or just shut up and be quiet. You can always mute my microphone. It's true, but I don't, want, I don't want to take away your ability to interject. Because hmm. it's not like I don't want to wait for you to put your hand up and then I turn your mic back on. Ah. <laughs> uh, let's keep going. Herman Schultz, Amazing Spider-Man number 46, 1967, Stan Lee, John Romita Sr. He is the shocker. Um, so Herman Schultz was a talented inventor and engineer that dropped out of high school. He teamed, uh, he learned how easy it was to use his talents to commit crime and developed a reputation as a prominent safecracker. Soon he had run-ins with Spider-Man and developed a set of VibroShock gloves and suit to combat him during heists. Shocker never developed a vendetta against Spider-Man, maintaining that all he wanted was a lucrative professional career as a thief. He joins, um... When the money is good and gets out when the deals are sour. In recent books, such as The Superior Foes of Spider-Man, his motivations get more fleshed out, displaying that Schultz regularly um, attends psychotherapy to combat his anxiety and paranoia that certain vigilantes, Scourge and Punisher, are out to get him. He miraculously actually survives encounters with both of those antiheroes. He actually beats up Punisher. So he's not Good that. For him. Yeah, no, he's not that big of a pushover. But holy shit, <laughs> the shocker beat up Punisher. <laughs> wow. Um, moving forward, Jackson Bryce Montana, Amazing Spider-Man number ten, nineteen sixty-four, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. In the movie, this is the second guy to get the shocker glove. Uh, Jackson is a member of the Enforcers, known as Montana. Uh, and then the other two enforcers are Ox and Fancy Dan. He's a semi-recurring low-level Spider-Man villain who doesn't really have much backstory and just sort of shows up as a named mercenary. In 2011, Montana is killed in the books by falling out of a window. Oh, God. In um, Superior Spider or Spectacular Spider-Man TV show, they also made the creative choice to transform Montana into the Shocker instead of using Herman Schultz. Which was great, but he was actually the first guy who had the uh, the shocker gauntlet. You said he was the second. 
Oh, that's oh Herman Schultz is the oh is Bokeem Woodbine the oh the guy we see for the rest of the movie, and then Jackson Bryce was the one who got vaporized. Oh well, that makes more sense then. That's better. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, finally, we have two more. That is Tinkerer, Amazing Spider-Man number two, 1963, Stan Lee, Steve Ditko. You can imagine how all these Spider-Man villains sort of showed up at the same time. <laughs> uh, the Tinkerer is brilliant inventor that supplies the criminals of New York with high-tech weaponry. If a supervillain doesn't have superpowers, they're probably only a supervillain because Phineas Mason made them one. Some big names include Rocket Racer's Board, Big Wheel's Big Wheel, Scorpion's tail and Mysterio's entire suit. Um, he got sued once by a bunch of supervillains who claimed he sold them faulty equipment, and She-Hulk had to break up a courtroom brawl. <laughs> uh, he also has a son, Rick Mason, who he keeps in regular touch with, even though um, Rick is a world-class spy. That is until Rick was killed in action and Tinker's grandchildren were also killed in the Stanford, Connecticut bombing that was the event that led to civil war. Um, this drove Phineas to near suicide, but later became fully motivated to supply both villains and heroes with weapons, hoping they would all kill each other because he hated them all. Um, he keeps things low key now um, because he found out that his son was alive and just in deep cover, so it made things better. Hooray. Yay. He's, he's been involved in a lot of other stuff, but I just do highlights. Finally, The Vulture, Adrian Toomes, Amazing Spider-Man number two again, 63. Once again. Lee and Ditko. Uh, there have been four vultures, but we will only talk about the first, Adrian Toomes. He was an electronics engineer. Everybody's an inventor in the Spider-Man world. Schultz, because no science is evil in the Spider-Man world. Well, that's Peter and Science Parker, is the bad guy. I suppose. Um, he was an electronics engineer that started a business venture with his partner Gregory Bestman. Tombs would never. Um, Tombs would invent the things, and Bestman would sell them. Um, at the completion of his latest and greatest discovery, a lightweight flight harness that also grants the wearer super strength and rumored better life longevity. Um, Toombs rushes to Bestman's office to find it abandoned with indication that he had um, been embezzling the, co the company the whole time and just made off with all the company's money. Enraged, Adrian destroys the business and turns uh, to using his flight suit, now paired with green and feathery bird outfit, to commit crime as the Vulture. From then on out, him and Spider-Man get into an invention war every time they meet. So one has to invent something to counteract the other, pretty much. <laughs> so like, oh, I built a flight suit. Oh, okay, let's just rip the battery out of that thing. Okay, now you can't rip the battery out of it. Okay, I guess I'll just have to find a magnet to counteract the battery. It's just like, that's that's honestly what Spider-Man does with almost all of his villains. <laughs> right. Spectacular Spider-Man does a good job of displaying that. Um, I, I knew you were re referencing the, uh, the battery pack in that... Uh that instance mm -hmm. oh and uh in the very first comic appearance of the shocker the way he beat him was he webbed his thumbs so he couldn't use the um the shocking gauntlets which is super dumb that's so but. dumb but also like <laughs> it's practical brilliant. yeah <laughs> yeah uh let's move on to it's important that adrian tombs is really an old guy or at least is drawn to be at least in his 60s but he tends to be the most ruthless of all the Spider-Man villains, killing people without abandoned. 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 Ugh. He did have a daughter, by the way. It wasn't Liz Allen. It was a woman named Valeria Toombs, who became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So now I have a couple questions, because we find out that Liz Allen is Adrian Toombs' daughter in the movie, which was an amazing twist. That was the best scene. People got floored. I was like, oh. Yeah. Best oh, part of the shit. movie. Um, but I have to ask, like, how did you not figure that out? Because why is her last name not Tombs? So I have several theories, all right? It's possible that Allen is her middle name, and she goes by Liz Allen, but she's actually Liz Allen Tombs, um, and they just never mentioned it. I don't yeah. like that one. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Liz is actually a daughter of Adrian from a previous marriage where the mom died and she wanted to keep the mom's maiden name in memoriam. 
Sure. I've heard of that before. Yeah. I could believe that. Um, but I think this one's the most likely. Adrian and his wife are actually divorced, but they keep a good relationship. So one was just visiting on homecoming night. Like they weren't married. Uh, There's no implication that they're husband and wife, but you can still be well, divorced and like hang out. There's the whole thing about like, oh, he's always out of town and he's like, this will be the last time. And then they totally kiss. And it was like, no, divorced people don't do that. I don't know. Maybe they're okay. All right. I could see that. Um, but maybe they're living or not, not married. Um, that could be. And yeah. the, it's it's 2017. Yeah, this was a shockingly progressive film. Yeah, like could, I was like, I was so like, diverse. I love it. Well, the diversity, and there was a scene where they could have made like Peter Parker's secretly gay. Ha ha ha! <laughs> like when he's standing oh, in, in right. his boxers in his bedroom, and Aunt May walks in, and she's like, "What's up?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, they're gonna make a joke, and she's gonna freak out. Because she thinks Peter Parker's gay, and then they didn't make the joke, and I was like, ready for the joke. I wasn't ready for it to be funny, <laughs> but I was ready for the joke. She's like, you should and then the it didn't on. happen, and I was like, huh, yeah, yeah, all also, right, yeah, absolutely. I also like this movie now. Th- there's totally a, a joke about sex with dogs in this film, which, you know, not the not the progress we're looking for. Hey, Marissa, but. Marissa Tomei is gorgeous. How dare you say that? <laughs> Ouch! That was a burn. <laughs> no, no, no. I do not. I do not larb that joke. Who? Okay. Whoever designed Tomei's outfits for this movie, give that person an Oscar. Like I don't just like the casual wear was just so great. I just lo- I just thought it was fantastic, and I also love like she's very fine Italian women. <laughs> How's your daughter? All right, I'll shut up. <laughs> all right, so that's all I have for that. So let's move on to music. Oh, guys, yes. Okay, <laughs> music segment. Uh, music for Spider-Man: Homecoming is done by. Michael Giacchino, once again, we mentioned back in Doctor Strange that the news had broken that he was coming back for this one. He did. And, you know, just like this film, I don't know. I don't know yet if I've solidified if it's, you know, the best Spider-Man score film, whatever. But it's like so perfect for this movie. I'd make an argument for Amazing Spider-Man 2, except I hated everything about that movie besides the score. Right. And that one, the score was perfect for that movie. And, you know, Spider-Man 2 had a great score, too. They they all have examples from each iteration that work, you know, just really well with the um, portrayal they're going with. But this one, this one's got quite a few good things going for it. Um, Mainly just, if you're going to do a Spider-Man high school movie... You got to get that kind of youthful energy to it while also delivering a theme that can stand on its own. Something that uh, Marvel movies have uh, struggled with for almost a decade now. And I think this is, once again, a step in a big step in the right direction. So first uh, track on the docket is Spider-Man Homecoming Suite. Getting a lot of different sounds in that one. It's, you know, it's, I'm sure there are lots of uh, intricacies to writing a film score. I should know, having studied at least some of it, but it's so simple. Just get a good theme, make it, you know, 
stirring inspirational and whatever and just go from there like that should be the basis that almost all of these uh, superhero films follow i love that get a good theme you know just get a good theme write a good script uh (laughs) yeah get a good actor Yep, it's just make sure just like act- make a good movie. <laughs> just, just like make a good thing. <laughs> we need to we need to we need to reiterate how impossible it is to make a good movie. <laughs> yes. And the fact that they, they actually get made on the regular is pretty astounding. Pretty astonishing. You ever yeah. tried to make a fucking movie? It's impossible. Oh yeah. <sighs> but then again, when you have a great composer in this uh, instance. It just seems so easy. Yeah, it just seems... Michael Giacchino makes it seem so easy. He's like, I've got a sound for this in my head, and it's going to sound kind of like the old Iron Man theme and Pirates. Yeah, there <laughs> we like, go. That's Spider-Man. Just, just go for it. Just go for it. And uh, having just come out of seeing the new Planet of the Apes movie, which he also scored and did an amazing job with, it's like, this guy just pumped out two of the year's best scores within a week of each other. Father. Like, there's... there's how is there that much talent in a person? Uh, um, one of my favorite tracks of the Spider-Man Homecoming score is this next one, Academic Decommitment, in which case they really um, embrace that youthful sound to it. And one of the staples I think a Spider-Man short score should utilize is the drum set to give it that kind of urban street sound. Uh, this is one of them when he's in school uh, waiting to get out Uh, do a Spider-Man thing, and it is terrific. Let's take a listen. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Got a little um, bit of that surf surf guitar vibe right at the beginning. <laughs> a little bit. And the uh, the old uh, Wurlitzer organ actually appears in that track. It's like, oh, I'm getting a little Doctor Strange vibe from that, too. Ooh. Uh, next one we've got is Drag Race slash An Old Van Rundown. Ooh. Let's kick it. Uh, Yes, it's going to be pretty similar to what we've heard thus far with that kind of youthful energy and uh, new sound to Spider-Man. But then you it's hard to miss. You'll hear the Vultures theme <laughs> kick in almost immediately. <laughs> intimidating did they make the vulture in this movie scary monster man yeah like in one of the least intimidating of the marvel villains oh yeah vulture is like he's an old guy almost bottom of the barrel when it comes to you know narrative wealth that you can mine there but they did it they really did it um he's like top of the barrel for narrative wealth because it said the best narrative for its villain like like Thanos, I'm, I'm talking bottom. source material. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Fa- right. Thanos is like the worst villain because he's just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to destroy the world. Bah. In like ten years, <laughs> <laughs> I showed up at the end of the first Avengers movie. 
Which was Winter is coming, maybe, sometime. 2012. 2012, oh, okay, so it hasn't been that long. Yeah. It's only been like five years. <laughs> yeah. Still, okay. though, he still hasn't done anything. <laughs> he's no, just he's sitting still... on his throne, and he's like, ah, <laughs> my butt's getting sore. Yeah. <laughs> he's flying around his Thanos copter from the old uh, comics. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that one. I like that one. I like it's that good. One. It it goes from you know the uh, the kind of typical Michael Giacchino mallets there it, during the chase, and then just kicks right into the low brass we've heard with, for other villains like uh, uh, Doctor Octopus in the second movie, and it works great. Are we just simple? Go- What's up? Are we just going to hear that sound every single time, though, just in a different way? Dun dun ta ta dun 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 ta ta dun. Um, we'll certainly hear it a lot in the movie, but um, <laughs> the next track I have actually diverges a little bit because I knew that it would be a little monotonous if we kept with that theme. Uh, next one is Monumental Meltdown with uh, Spider-Man at the Washington Monument. That's very Elfman-esque. And also, Skylar, you fucking lied to me. <laughs> I I must be, like, subconsciously obsessed with that theme or something, because I always find a way to uh, sneak it back in. <laughs> Just you watch our next few podcasts. You better you better watch your back, because that theme is going to just pop out of nowhere. Suddenly, Michael Giacchino. Dun, 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 dun. It's like, you know, that was good, but I think that's a little newer sounding than what Nelson Riddle was going for in Batman 66. You like me! (laughs) (laughs) And then kind of the icing on the cake for this uh, score is just a simple fan uh, service moment that I feel like people have been waiting for for, well, since Spider-Man first got on the big screen. It's the theme from the old Spider-Man TV show done with an orchestra. Yay! Yay! So I had mentioned that uh, a few people booed when the uh, Sony logo came on at the very beginning of the movie. When this happened, people were like that close to cheering. Did they they actually cheer? No, they didn't. It was just one of those, you know, you could hear behind you. Oh, yeah. Well, well." it's like that's the moment like you win people over initially. It's it's a good thing that they don't let you take firearms into movie theaters. (laughs) (laughs) Not oh. not since the nineteen tens. Um, not since not since like two thousand thirteen. Oh, Twelve, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, Lincoln joke, Aurora fact. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't no, going I, there, guys. I was going with Birth of a Nation and the story of how some people would shoot at the screen. Oh, oh. okay. Fair enough. All right. Um, but also, I, trust Ford's me, theater I, was like where actors acted in plays. Yeah. I was I said 1910s. No, when did Lincoln Skyler's assassination happen? 19 No, 1865. 18, there you go. All right. And so we're 50 so years Skyler, apart. So Skyler was saying 
1860s. So I was fucking up. So. All right, yeah. whatever. Does it, not the point, okay? The point is that this is some solid music. So, this is some solid music. I had a terrible watching experience with this movie by people sitting next to me narrating it. But the movie they and just the be music shot. was good. They should be shot. I don't know, man. That's uh, You can't say shit like that. Someone might actually do it. Um, <laughs> good. Someone should. I don't know. And it's not going to be me because I, I don't want a gun. I guess, yeah. If you're like, I don't, I don't like how now... I, I guess I haven't seen it in a while, but you guys might have seen it. Of just like, there's the token nerd of 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 like friend groups that go to see these movies, and there's and there's one dude constantly explaining all the Easter eggs to everyone else mid show, and it's just right. like save it for the end, Bucko. All right, Buckaroonie. Yeah, uh, but unless you're gonna do something comically hilarious with it, which was back to the Doctor Strange story when someone when the screen said Infinity Stone and one dude audibly gasped. <laughs> <laughs> no, this... I lost my fucking shit. It's still hilarious to this day. Of like, you handled that very well, considering it's an Infinity Stone. <gasps> no. No, if only that had happened. These were like, you know, 40-year-old white Trump voters who were oh doing God. the... How do you know they were Trump voters? <laughs> they were doing the Mystery Science Theater 3000 thing, only they just weren't anywhere near as amusing. Like, it's they were about as funny as getting bad movies. Yeah. Not right, good like, ones. You do it was about as amusing as getting your toenails pulled out. And then, yeah. And then it's either that's what happens, or you get, like, someone who is, like way too into it like girder i don't know I, that's okay Ooh. there was the person that like actively cheered during like all the most brutal gore during logan yeah that was much and that i was, was like yeah. oof that's not i was like this woman has mental issues yeah sociopath yeah. hey um speaking of mental issues yeah ben hey um i'm that- dying <laughs> You have some From science a rare topics brain disease to move through. Called we were selling hamburger for a dollar ninety nine, and people went ape shit for some reason. I'm assuming that oh, since no. we stopped talking about music and shit, that I can just sort of yeah. keep things flowing. Yeah, no, you can't yeah, go I'm back. Bad, we had already moved on. No, You're but I'm going gonna back edit now. that. I'm gonna edit that out. Oh, All okay. right, so it's a still. We're still in good flow. We're still in good flow. Okay, good. I'm flowing. Yes, okay. I'm. I'm flowing. I got that maximum you flow. you have no stones to pass in other words oh god shut up all right i i actually had a stone so no don't do that mm. um uh, Some, yeah someone in my household also did that doesn't was it fucking you <laughs> no it wasn't then you don't fucking know asshole see i, I don't i don't I, <laughs> no, don't I don't i don't i just went to the emergency room with her and at 5 30 in the morning yeah well no oh boo hoo i had to I wake up at the time that like a lot of working people do. <laughs> Did you pass no, no, a rock no, through your to fucking help tiny... a friend who was in no, pain? I'm not, I'm not saying I had, you know, anything bad. I'm saying like that must have sucked. This is all getting deleted. All right. No, this is not. Let's roast <laughs> Skylar some more. <laughs> no, no, science, science, science. You had science. a topic. I had a topic. So, how does Vulture fly through walls? Fly through walls? Yeah, you he mean, has that thing. You mean those those four little Mr. Yeah, terrific the, T balls that just sort of. Yeah. Create a square and he then... He throws a T-bone steak down on the plane. <laughs> I was referencing Mr. Terrific from DC, but continue. Because he uses T-balls that are these magic things that can pretty much do anything. T-balls? They're actually that called that. Oh. You watch Arrow That sounds delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so they create uh, a... A uh, hole. A hole, but like a really small one. Yep. And you can go through it. Yeah. So I don't know how deep that thing could cut through, right? Well, here's the thing. Uh, there is a non-zero probability that I could just sink through the floor right now. Yes. Um, because of a phenomena called quantum tunneling. Yes. Which is when you have a barrier that would be, quote-unquote, too tall for a particle to, quote-unquote, jump over. Okay. And big air quotes around all of this. So you could have like, hey, I imagine that like you're rolling a ball up a hill. Okay. If you push the ball hard enough, it'll go all the way over the hill. Yes. If you don't push it hard enough, it won't go. Okay. Right? That's how we're used to thinking about it. It's gravity. Right. Friction. And and the fact that you're pushing it uphill, so it's losing energy. Yes. And quantum mechanics is weird because if you imagine that hill as being like an electric field- 
And that ball, as an electron, you push, you know, and it shouldn't go through because it would just get pushed back the other way by the electric field. But it's quantum. Quantum's weird. A certain, certain, it has a certain chance of just going through anyway, just passing straight through that barrier. Hmm. So you can have a single particle passing through a single small barrier with a certain probability. But a ton of particles? Right. And so the thing is, quantum is everything. Everything is quantum mechanics. It's just that a big, a, on a big scale, we can't really see these weird things happening because it all just smooths out mm-hmm. and is nice, which is good because this is where we live and we like it to be nice. However, there's still that non-zero chance that you can just pass through a barrier. Yeah, and um, but like, like this, that's non-zero chance for one of your molecules. Yes. Then you multiply, multiply that, that by, by however many trillion. How many molecules are in a human body? Oh gosh, uh, it's a big number. There's for about a seventy kilogram body. There's about seven times ten to the twenty seventh power. Okay, so yes, seven billion billion billion. Quite a lot. So two, two thirds of that is hydrogen. So like you have you have what is frankly a pretty small chance. Yeah. To, to, <laughs> of of a uh, the the probability of one passing through is more than seven times ten to the twenty third power. Yeah. It starts off real small. You multiply that by seven times ten to the twenty third power. Right. Yeah. And so you get this small. absurdly small number, which is why we, in real life we don't just walk through walls. Exactly. But. If you have alien technology that can probably manipulate quantum phenomena mm-hmm. in a real precise way, yeah, quantum tunnel through the side of an airplane. Sure. Oh, that's the other one. Magic, magic. That's magic. the other one. What do you mean? The airplane. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? It like you can see through it. Yeah. It's pretty dope. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it. That, and it, or... it seems to work by basically like. You have cameras on opposite sides, mm-hmm. and it takes a picture and sees what's above and projects that below. It takes a picture of what's below, projects it above. Oh, you mean Tony Stark's plane? Yeah, okay. yeah, that one. I thought you were referring to the fact that he went through the plane doing oh, the quantum ball thing. No, 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 I've I've moved on. Oh my god, quantum is is so ninety seconds ago. Um, <laughs> Whatever, Ben. So, um, real life stealth planes work by having a weird shape that makes it difficult to see how radio waves reflect off them. Okay. How about uh, what happens to a fairy when it splits in half? What? And then you try and seal it back together. What? The fairy splits in half. The fairy? Oh, the boat. Yeah. Oh. Um, Sure. I'll allow it. And then it comes (laughs) back and they seal it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Just weld it shut. You're Iron Man. (laughs) Like... You can You're weld. A man. Well, well, a, a high quality weld can be waterproof. So yeah, that's fine. Right. I saw no problems with that scene. Okay, I don't know. I was I was curious about that one or an electro punch. Yeah, that's fine. Create a fist that can punch a car. Sure. That won't. And he's like, put the dampeners on, or you'll break your arm. That's yeah, a nice touch, wasn't it? Wrist. Just like yeah, your wrist. Yeah, just like they make like body suits for like cybernetically enhanced limbs, and like military people use them for like lifting rubble and doing rescues and stuff. Combine mm-hmm. one of those with a taser that you just <laughs> hold in your hand. <laughs> there you go. Boom. You're, the, you're punch. the shocker. You're the shocker, which is, you know, you're kind of an, an appropriate name. It's it's a bit, it has other connotations too, <laughs> but. <laughs> Urban Dictionary, that shit, children? No, don't. You don't have to. Well, I mean. <laughs> Find out what Stan Lee was up to. Although, the, frankly, uh, if you're. <laughs> Frankly, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay. You know. All right. Um, so, oh. I, oh, uh, so back to that plane. It wouldn't work because, like, if you're standing at a slight angle, you'd be like, hmm, those things aren't matching up. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> like, you'd be like, that's a weird, like, half of a cloud. <laughs> uh, and then I also kind of want to bring it back to um, – there's uh, that the whole tunneling through uh, mm-hmm. and quantuming through that stuff, and there's a there's a film called I think uh, Keith Griff Griff the Invisible. You ever seen this one, Skyler? Uh, the uh, the title sounds familiar, but I'm Griff Griff not the Invisible. 
is like a dude that thinks he's like he's like schizophrenic or something but he thinks he's like making super suits and fighting crime and stuff oh, like that oh yeah um, this one with uh ryan Quantin. i think so and uh and so it's just like his sort of um tale and the people around him who are really displeased by his uh, inability to see reality but he meets a girl that sort of is like his pixie dream girl that sort of uh, <laughs> perpetuates it um, and, and it's mostly a love story. It's, it's, it, but like this other stuff is just sort of fluff. But the, the girl is like, why can't we, you know, motivate him to be a superhero? He's not harming anyone. But she also has this thing where um, she believes if she concentrates hard enough that she can sort of mentally project the probability of all of her molecules passing through her body. And she can face through a wall. All right. Oh, She's okay. tried, she tries to face through a wall throughout a lot of the film. Um, not like, not by comically running into it, but just like by shoving her forehead against it and thinking really hard. And eventually, surprise, there's a sweet moment at the end with all that jazz. But um, I just wanted to bring that up since the movie did nice. cover it because she's oh, not a superhero. Thank you for that. Quick science question. What's the oxygen going to be like um, fighting outside a plane at that height? Uh <laughs> Let me tell you, there's a reason that they pressurize the cabin and don't let you open the window. <laughs> it's going to be really. It's going to be bitterly cold. Yeah. Um, and there's not going to be air to breathe because if you climb Mount Everest, you need oxygen tanks, and yeah. planes fly several times higher than Mount Everest. Yeah. This I, one was pretty low. This one was like you know just above the the cloud. Whatever. That's still but, that's um, where five thousand. That's, that's where planes high. fly. That's, yeah, like, it's still about five to seven thousand feet in the air, and Mount Everest is about I think the official count is twenty nine hundred. So it's, it's around twenty nine hundred of six. Thirty thousand, yeah, somewhere thirty thousand. It's somewhere. It's that ballpark. you mean three thousand. Yes, thirty thousand feet is obscene. That I, is several 30, miles. 30,000. 30, Are you no three thousand feet? That's like a bitch ass Appalachian mountain 3,000 feet Denver is fucking mile high city Den- Denver's already 5,000 feet I am gonna get school oh 29,000 bitch alright I'm off by a zero 29,000 right. on your titties bitch alright that's that's on my titties I fucked up yep. I, f- I remember that way wrong shame shame ding 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 shame shame ding ding shame alright you're the science guy not me Ding, 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 All right, ding. correct me on a comic book thing sometime. All right, I'll try. Confess. Um, actually, Spider-Man sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I'm he has the worst comics. <laughs> oh, I don't. They made a lot, so <laughs> you're fighting. Um, actually, money there. there's a whole uh, storyline where the Vulture is young. He's not always a 60 year old guy. That is true. <laughs> um, but you know, who gives a fuck? But only because he he stole. Does he stay dude. young? No. Sometimes. No, he doesn't. And you're thinking of the animated television show. There's also a comic book uh, that came out at the same time. Wow, I don't give a fuck. Okay. Are you done with science? I'm so done. I've been done with this shit for a while now. Yeah. All right. So our fans are just going to be have to suffer through that. Hey. What's going on? Is that what you say to your wife? Yeah, actually. You walk walk in the the door. Hey. I say, hey, what's going on? Buffalo Springfield. <laughs> and I say, oh, no, actually, I walk in and I say, hello. Oh, God. Hello, Kendrick. It's so funny. Is, oh, that's not even a lie. You say that's your wife, too. No, I talk to my no, wife wait, like a normal No, wait, she says that to you. Hold on. I forgot about that. Yeah. She told the story of how, wait, I think she did that one on air, too. She yeah she said hello to me in the voice that we reserve for talking to our dog. <laughs> and I was like, that. Is not okay with me. Well, that's after you touched her butt. There's the context there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And she went, oh, yes. And you're like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> oh, <Fuck>. no. <laughs> so that'll uh, do it today, super fans. Uh, super Movie Studies is recorded and... And produced. if you like what you hear, <laughs> please hit us up on iTunes. Please, 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 please. Uh, you can drop a rating. You can drop a review. And we appreciate all of these things. You can also find us wherever you prefer to get your podcasts, Yay! new episodes, Yay! monthly. Yay! Right? Yay! <laughs> all right. Well, while you're at that, head over to Twitter. 
at Super M Studies. Uh, Twitter question of the week. Oh, shoot. What song should I sing in my Kermit the Frog voice? There we go. All right. Or your, wor- <laughs> That's or your our worst Twitter. theater going experience. How about that? Uh, we've. I think we've done that one before. No, we haven't. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Bam. I'm just trying to think of a Twitter Twitter challenge. It's got to be short, sweet, not a, not an anecdote. Um, <clears throat> so that's why you know, and you know, we can talk like Kermit the Frog. Kermit um, the Frog here. Uh, I see skies of green. Ah, uh, no, that's you not can't it. Do it. I you can't know, do it. You know, you got to think. I practiced this one a lot in the mirror. You know, and one of my favorite songs to sing as Kermit the Frog is uh, "Hello, Kiss Kiss from a Rose" by Seal. Oh hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Baby, yeah. you remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. All right. <laughs> Baby. All right, so we need a new Twitter challenge Wait. now. Uh, why did that's... we not save this one for Batman Forever? Oh, see? Now Skyward's got a pretty good one, too. But Skyward's always beat me in the impression game, and I'm kind of, <laughs> I, I slightly resent it. Uh, <laughs> but I th- good. I'm going to, s- we'll, we'll compete. On the Kermit one. How about that? That'll okay. be the Twitter challenge. And I'll be there the we judge. go. Yes. You give us a song and we will compete for it and that'll be a segment. Because just to mix things up a bit, um, even though that we will never do that for a year. Nope. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, which would be fucking fantastic. Or maybe I'll record it on my own and just like send it in as a mini episode. We could do that. Um, there we go. So we'll just, but I'm not. I'm. There's so much of this. I'm deleting. Uh, but that'll be that. What's our what's our super, what's our what's our Twitter handle again? At Super M Studies. That's right. Super the letter M studies. S U P E R M. Stu dies. He does. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, so guy. that will do it today. I'm your host, Michael Mauer. Ben Anderson. James Schuyler Houtsma. <laughs> wow. Uh, that was very quick, friends. Uh, so I hope you all have a super week. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's creep up. All right. Oh. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Oh. Let's go. Let's stay on.